Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Sebastian Basildua. Our host on this program today is Pastor Brian Leonard, pastor overseeing adult education and events at Harvest. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. You can attend Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You may attend either. The usual COVID-19 protocols will apply. We will also live stream our 9 a.m. service on hbcguam.org. This week, Orphan Sunday. Today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Brian Lennertz. Welcome, Pastor. Half a day, Sebastian. It's my pleasure to be here. It's been a while since I've been on this side of the microphone hosting. Uh, years ago, I used to do this with Pastor Heron, so I'm excited to step in today. But I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be covering today, and that's Harvest House. And with me are two great ladies, uh, Bethany Taylor and Ashley Lemley. And I'm going to take a moment for both of them to introduce themselves real quick. So, Bethany, can you tell us a little bit about your family, who you are, and then Ashley, the same? Yes, thank you for having me on as well. I'm Bethany Taylor. I'm the executive director of Harvest House, which is just a local nonprofit, a faith-based nonprofit that serves our foster community on Guam. And I, I love that we serve um, them spiritually, emotionally, physically. We want to make sure holistically we are there for the foster child, the foster families, the shelters on Guam, and the um actually, as well as the CPS, the the government agency that takes care of the foster children on Guam. So um, uh, my husband and I, we have been foster parents since 2009. It's been 11 years since, and um, our very first foster child really is what grew us into Harvest House. And he likes to say he's the face of Harvest House. That's Devin. And uh, he was a a cortically blind, shaken baby, a little little guy, 18 months old, that came to live with us. And that was a our very first yes into foster care. And it was the hardest yes, maybe, because we, you know, when you become a foster child, foster parent, you're like, what's going to happen? All the unknowns, all the craziness, you, you so many what ifs. And so it, it was, it's always that hard yes of like, what's God going to do in this? But it was the best yes. And it created a lifelong journey of fostering. And now we've had over 40 foster children in and out of our home since Devin. And Harvest House has grown because of it as well. And we're just thankful to be a part of the foster community on Guam. Well, I echo that. Our family has grown because of that. And you know, I've told you um, our family wouldn't be the way that our family is today if it wasn't for you and Josh taking the step into foster care. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I want to introduce you, Ashley. Ashley, you're not a new face anymore. You've been here now for how many months? Almost three months now. Awesome. Now, yeah. she came right as she came. We were on lockdown. So moved halfway around the world, <laughs> went right into lockdown. I would have thought my first time meeting her, she would be all emotional and torn up, but she had a bright smile, a bright attitude, and that bright smile and attitude has remained to this day. But <laughs> would you mind telling us a little bit about you, where you're from, and then what your responsibilities at Harvest House are? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys again for having me as well. And it's been a journey. It was definitely um, a tough decision and some may even say a crazy decision to come across the world to an island in the middle of a you know worldwide pandemic but um, it's been the greatest decision I've ever made and I'm so thankful to be here I came from West Virginia born and raised lived there all my life and got to hear of harvest ministries through Appalachian Bible College where I attended graduated and even worked for a few years and 
I'm so thankful for uh, the missions aspect that was taught to us during that time and um, just the love that they gave us and teaching us to serve others and to serve Jesus. And it was really uh, life-changing in that aspect as well. And I got to serve in India and we got to work with numerous different orphanages and that's what opened up my heart to James 127. It's the call to care for the fatherless. And uh, it says that it's it's pure and undefiled religion to do so. So I'm thankful that I get to now do that with Harvest House and alongside of Bethany Taylor, who's been doing that so faithfully for all these years. So my role at Harvest House is the resource center coordinator. So I just get to just partake in all of the daily going-ons at Harvest House, whether it's uh, talking with our donors or servicing the foster families when they come into shop or planning events, coordinating with volunteers. It's been really exciting to start to build those relationships. Yeah. Now, for Bethany, you began to talk to us a little bit about the origins of Harvest House. Now, it's been how many years since the beginning of Harvest House? 2009 was the very beginning, and that started with our very first Christmas event. That's what we started with. And we saw the numbers come of the foster children and the community that we could serve and what an impact that could make on that people group and that minority, really, the vulnerable. And so pastor was very shocked, honestly. I think we all were. We got enough presents for every foster child and root beer floats and did a few games outside and handed out gifts. And it was just a beautiful event that stirred a huge mission within our hearts that this was going to be a purpose that we were going to keep moving forward with. Yeah. For me, viewing Harvest House, I've always viewed it as kind of that stone thrown out in the ocean (laughs) where it creates the ripples and they just keep going and going and going. I didn't prep you for this question, so I apologize putting you on the spot, but if you looked back at the history of Harvest House, what two or three milestones stand out to you the most? Because we've really seen God do some tremendous things over the last 10, 11 years, and it might not be um, big moments. Maybe it's families or, or something. But what triggers in your mind when you hear that? Okay, I love this story. I, I'm, I'm thankful for that question. I think back on a couple things. Number one, I can remember getting my very first foster child and then like not too much longer than that, we got in three emergency foster kids. They were like one, three, and five. And they were homeless. They were kicked out of their apartment that night. And um, we were like, we signed up for one. <laughs> And uh, they're like, we have to, we have to say yes. We don't have any place for these kids to go. And I took in those three other boys. So we had four boys and then Annabelle, in a tiny two-bedroom apartment, my essay. And um, I remember trying to go on a walk with these boys and walking up to the Harvest campus and thinking, I can't believe what I just said yes to. And like, wow. And like thinking about how am I going to clothe these kids? How am I going to? What are they going to wear tomorrow? And then, honestly, I had no food in my fridge. And I couldn't go anywhere because in my car, I could hold, like, three kids. And so I was, like, stuck at home. And I can remember that, like, being the very first gift of Harvest Family. I can remember Pastor walking next to us on campus. I was just walking for a walk. And, like, the kids almost running away from me (laughs) like I was a new mom. And so um, he was just coming alongside and encouraging me, like, this is an awesome thing. This is 
us going to the broken and the people that really need help and saying yes to them. And it was just a sweet picture. And then my neighbor upstairs came and gave me some clothes. And then a worker came and brought me some groceries because I had nothing. I I needed some ramen, really, because they were just some island kids that really wanted some ramen. But I love that. And then I that was just a, a sweet picture to start off what was going to happen in the future. And then the one other thing I can, I really want to emphasize was the beginning of Harvest House was we really started having this huge heart of like, we got to do more. We got to do this. Like, and the only way we're going to do this is by God doing a divine work because we, nobody had nonprofit work. Nobody knew what kind of ministry this is. We hadn't seen it anywhere else on Island to exemplify or to, to copy. And I remember we got a few families in our church and we sat in our living room floor and we prayed for what Harvest House would end up being. And we met quite often. And Rosie, she's our president of Harvest House. She was in that meeting. Another foster, um, another church member that ended up becoming a foster parent was in that meeting. And you can tell simple faith, simple obedience, trusting God to work a favorable work on this ministry. It was, it was God that did it. And it was that living room prayer of, I don't know where to start, but God, this is us. This is your people. And we want to walk in faith and do this. We want to meet people in hard places and say yes to them. That's tremendous, Bethany. You know, as you're sharing that, my mind went back to um, this last Sunday, the Harvest family. We celebrated our 45th anniversary and we sat around God's word. And we talked about this passage that says, he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I'm sure when you guys were in that room praying and seeking the Lord, you knew what you were praying for was near God's heart. James 1 says this, that true religion is to care for the fatherless and the widow. So what we're doing, we, we have the promise that it's of God. But then we began to see God work, right? And um, I came in 2009, so I've got to watch this from the outside and then get inside of it a little bit with it. And it's been tremendously exciting and all praise and glory goes to him. And I think beyond that, we're incredibly excited about the future of Harvest House. Now, Ashley, you're here really the day in and day out on the front lines. If someone comes to the Harvest House building, you're the first face that they see. I've got to work alongside you and see you interact. Could you tell me kind of what does a day in Ashley's life looks like at Harvest House? That's actually really funny uh, that you asked that question, just because this morning I was even thinking like, the days are never the same here at Harvest House. It's always changing and it always looks a little different and that keeps it exciting. And it just, I think even just even proves that God is still working. So today I got to work with a great donation from DFS. We're, we're very thankful for the community, people who partner with us, whether it's organizations or just just individual community members. So I, I have the privilege of, of working with them, hearing their heart as to why they're partnering with us and why they want to care for the foster community as well. So today just consisted of being able to work with donors. Tomorrow might consist of servicing an emergency placement. Um, that happens 
frequently at Harvest House where we work as the triage center. So Harvest House will be, you know, one of the first calls that CPS makes when a child needs to be placed into a family. So we get to service that child immediately and they can come have a place to kind of calm, collect themselves, bathe. We provide them with clothing. We provide them with a meal and they can wait while their foster families come for them. And then the day-to-day I get to service foster families as they come in and just whatever it may be that they need, whether it's clothing or formula, diapers, um, we're there to provide whatever it is that they need. So those are just some of the the day-to-day aspects that you can kind of expect. But like I said, you know, not one day looks the same as the next, and that keeps it exciting, and it keeps my job just awesome. Yeah, no, it's no secret. Our island and most of this world is in the middle of a pandemic, and schools are shut down. Situations across the island have been more difficult. Bethany, could you allude to maybe what some of the current needs are? Do do we even have an idea what the needs are right now? How extreme is it? I mean, your own words. Well, um, extreme is one way of putting it. A couple of things I wanted to mention was last year at this time when we had Orphan Sunday and I got to speak, we were 100 less foster children. So we have grown 100 more foster children just from last year at this time, as well as Last year at this time, from March to October, you had 744 referrals of abuse at Child Protective Services. This year, you've only had 323, a decline in 57%. So because of a pandemic and children aren't being seen and children aren't going to school, and really our teachers are our main reporters of abuse, I fear that they are in bad situations at home and that um, abuse is being not seen right now. Though the ones that have been able to step up, we have definitely serviced and we're there for them. Um, I just, as a nonprofit to the foster community, that is our mission. Mm -hmm. And it has been hard to do that during a pandemic. Though I will have to say that you know whenever a hard time happens or a pandemic or a crisis this extreme, it's the vulnerable who suffer the most. And it's not any time for us to get sluggish or get slow in our response toward them. So even though the crisis numbers are lower, I do have a feeling when everybody starts going back to school, we're gonna see the replications of that. We're gonna see children that have suffered from the pandemic has been have been unnoticed. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I think we're seeing that and the need is gonna go up pretty drastically. Now this Sunday at, at Harvest and really across um, the United States and many other countries as well, we do something called Orphan Sunday. Um, could you allude to what Orphan Sunday is and maybe a little of the history of that? I love Orphan Sunday. It is a global initiative. So it is all over the world. It actually started in Africa. And the, real, the biggest reason for it is to stand up for the orphan in their distress, to start being a light in the dark roads of their abuse. And to get the, the coolest thing about it is that it's on Sunday. It's, a, it's a, um, a push to get into the churches and to get to believers and to get to the root. Um, reason of why we need to reach these children. So I love Orphan Sunday because for one, it does kind of help us as a people here at Harvest and at Bayview. There's other churches on island that partake in it. 
Um, it does help us reflect on the statistics and the numbers of the, the, the children in the foster care system and how they need a home. But more than that, it's to help you see that a statistic is a name and is a face mm-hmm. and is a story. And when we as a people realize that we're not shutting our eyes and our hearts and our homes and trying to be comfort and just have the comfort of our home and our family and not really want to see the, the, the hard places and the hard and the um, broken people outside. Um, instead, it turns our eyes to the broken people and the hurting world and allows us to give us opportunities to move toward them with compassion. And I just love Orphan Sunday. I hope that this Sunday is a, ref- uh, a sweet time of our people uh, thinking through how we're going to be compassionate, how we're going to move toward people that are hurting. Because Jesus changed us. That is our religion. Jesus changed us. So how are we going to outwardly demonstrate that same change, that same love that Jesus did for us to the people that are hurting? You know, as you were thinking about that, or saying that, I was thinking about the old quote that says, a number is a statistic, but a name is a soul. I love that. And when we hear the numbers, it is gripping, but when we see the faces and we hear the names, it takes on a new light, doesn't it? Yes. And uh, that that's really the mission of Harvest House is to affect souls and mm-hmm. to love children across this island. Now, the last question I want to ask both of you, and Ashley, I'll start with you. Um, there's many across this island um, that ask the question, what can I do to help? And we know that could show up in a lot of different ways. You work in the resource center. Uh, lots of things come through Harvest House. There's people that are always looking to be donors to give. Um, what would you say would be the biggest help if someone's looking to give or come alongside and support a foster family? How would you answer that? Yeah, absolutely. So. I think the very first thing um, that anyone could do to help Harvest House, to help the foster families would be, of course, prayer. And I know that sometimes sounds so simple, but it truly is the biggest way that we can advocate for these families and for these children who are hurting is just to pray for God to do awesome work in the families and through Harvest House Um, in order to partake uh, practically. of course, right now we're in, in PCOR 1, so during that time, um, some operations have been restricted and limited, but we are excited to look towards the future to where we can welcome volunteers in, and that can, uh, you know, happen through babysitting days or, you know, people can come in and, and read to the children um, and just serve practically in that way or help us with our with the events that we have every year. Um but we, we welcome any types of donations that will be provided to the family. So whether that's uh, diapers or uh, formula, new gently used clothing, um, we accept those donations all day, every day, um, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Um, so those are, those are some ways that you can practically give. We also have a link on our website where someone can um, give monetarily uh, through PayPal or, of course, sending in cash or check. You can even designate those to go towards something specific, whether you want to purchase a meal for a family. I can coordinate that. Um, If you wanted to practically help a family in that way, purchase a meal and we will uh, coordinate the delivery to the family. Um, So yeah, those are just some practical ways the community can get involved. You mentioned a link on the website. What is the website? Yeah, that's harvesthouseguam.org. And there's a donate button um, just at the top tab there. Well, I echo what you said. We we jumped into foster care, and 
those moments of support is really what kept us going. There was some dark days, mm. as every foster family has. But we had, I'll still never forget, we had someone come over to our house and help clean our house. Uh, now, we're not going to send people into everyone's homes. Right. <laughs> but that was just, it was such needed at that time. It was chaotic, and that was just a breath of fresh air. So Harvest House is a true blessing with that. Now, Bethany, let's say there's someone saying, you know what, I'm feeling God doing something a little more clear in the sense of maybe becoming a foster parent or helping in a unique way, what would you highlight? What would be the steps for them? Um, I would, first of all, just say, move, take a step and move toward it. Don't just think about it. Don't just pray about it. I think sometimes we get in that um, spot too long. And sometimes just the hard yes, just say the hard yes, and then see God move and watch God grow you as a family. Um, it takes a lot of faith to take this step. Then if you really want to become a foster family, know there's a foster child waiting for you now. Mm. And they're hurt and uh, their lives could be changed by your family. And I also want to encourage you that it's not just you that's going to make an impact on this family, on this child. But think about it as the whole family gets to minister to God in this way. Mm -hmm. The whole family gets to worship God in a practical way in demonstrating God, the gospel. And um, every one of your children and, every, and, your, and your parent and the, the parents um, are all going to learn something valuable out of it. And um, if you are really interested in becoming a foster parent, uh, message us on Facebook or um, text us at 489-4737. We can send you an application. And um, it's a pretty simple process on Guam to become a foster parent. Um, so we can walk you through the process very easily. I'm going to say that number one more time for those who are listening. That number was 489-4737. And that'd be a way for you to communicate to Harvest House that you're ready to take a step. Um, I, I personally, when we took that step and Harvest House came alongside us, it was always a desire and then when I sat in that meeting and I realized really how easy the process was, I, I was flabbergasted. And we took those steps and it led to it. But I know if it wasn't for Harvest House being there, we probably just would have been a family that always had this as a desire. But you guys really come alongside and help bridge that gap. And for those on our island who you feel that that step is ready, Harvest House truly can come alongside and lead you to that next step. Would you have ever heard Carson's story if you would have ever, if you wouldn't have signed up for foster care? Never, never. And uh, every time I hear him screaming through the house <laughs> or breaking something, I think, Bethany, I'm so thankful. <laughs> <laughs> no, our family wouldn't be the same. And really, Bethany, your family taking that step had that ripple effect on many families. And um, I've always tried to think in my mind, how many families has that ripple effect caused it? I wouldn't be surprised if we could say in the hundreds now on our island and and maybe even some listening today to, to this message from you, Bethany, and you, Ashley, God might be working in their life to take that step or simply come alongside and, and offer up some, some clothes, some goods, a meal, something along those sides. You have no clue. It might be just the encouragement a foster family needs. Um, so whatever God's doing, take that step. Well, our time is almost done. Any parting words um, from either of you two before we head on out? No, you got to get back to those kids <laughs> with it. So, Very thankful. 
Yes. So well, we're glad that you're here. We also want to welcome you back to Harvest this Sunday morning. We meet at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our church auditorium, as well as we live stream our service on hbcguam.org. And we'd love to invite you out to that. If you can be in person, it's really great to be around the fellowship of God's word. But thank you for joining us here at Harvest Time. We welcome you back to join us next week. Mm-hmm.